Hello, guys. Welcome to My Steps to Sobriety, my video channel on YouTube and my podcast. And today I have got a guest from the UK. I've got Suhaib Khan, who is a depression warrior. And he's a warrior who specifically addresses men. And I find that such a beautiful thing because there is, it's, I often feel that men's health is very much underrepresented. And so I'm, I'm dead chuffed that I've got Suhaib here on my show. So welcome to you, Suhaib. Thank you. Thank you, Stefan, for having me. And I totally, I'm totally with you when you said that men, especially men's mental health, it's we entered 2020 and it's still considered it was one of those uh, taboo subjects where, you know, people not like to talk about it. Mm. Everybody knows it's there in front of us, in, in front of our eyes, but that, that's something we are not comfortable talking about. And that's what I am, you know, working towards and trying to raise more awareness um, around it. How beautiful. What a beautiful vision and what a beautiful mission you have got there. Uh, what's the background to that? I mean, you did not grow up at the age of six, thought, well, actually, I want to be a life coach addressing men's health. Uh, what did you want to be when you were six years old? Actually, Stefan, in all fairness, I can't remember exactly what I wanted to be <laughs> when I was six. Uh, definitely not a life coach. Definitely not a life coach. I, I, I didn't even know what a coach was. <laughs> uh, a few years ago and i'm sure it's pretty much with everyone uh, but i can remember i think when i was young i wanted to be a doctor somehow uh, yeah. um, i wanted to be a doctor i actually funny enough i came to uk to become a doctor um and uh it, it was too bloody expensive to study uh, mm. medicine in this country so i uh, that that plan went out of the window um, so yeah, no, I wanted to be a doctor. I think uh, helping people was somewhere always down the line within me to to help humanity or to help somehow. You know, uh, I always believe that I have a uh, a bigger a bigger reason to be on this earth, um, and 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 the only way I could fulfill that um, was to help other human beings. Um, and I think that was always within me. You know, I have worked in different industries. I have, um, you know, met so many people, I've researched so much. And that was one common factor that I, I, there was, I needed to do something where I can help um, and help a human being to in some or the other shape or form. So that was definitely within me always. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, the, the story behind of, of being a coach, uh, it started when I was diagnosed with depression. So I, as you said, I'm a depression warrior, a mental health warrior. And that came into my life when I was diagnosed with, with depression. And with most of the cases I have come across, the problem with men is being a man, I was in a constant denial that I a, needed a help or I was denial if in my symptoms I was thinking it's going to auto fix mm. um, even though it was passed on uh, from from my genes in my genes you know it's from my it's passed on from my maternal genes so I think one of the biggest things in in today's 
culture, society, world, however you say it, most of the men actually deny that they can be suffering from depression or any mental health. And they ignore the, the, the obvious signs because the symptoms in women are totally different than men. And I got into coaching because I wanted to help men especially because a when i was going through this i was looking for help i was i was going through um, a journey where i wanted people not to think that i'm weak but at the same time i wanted to get help but in many of the other cases men are afraid to ask for help or afraid to seek that guidance that support uh, when it comes to mental health and and I said to myself that if I am going through this or if I have gone through this now, I'm pretty sure there are a million other guys who, who needed that support and that help and that guidance. And hence, I got into coaching because this is something I'm very passionate about, um, you know, to raising awareness um, within men, within fathers. You know, I am um, in quite a few men's group where we talk about different aspects of mental health we talk about different aspects of mental health in parenting in especially in fathers and it, it gives me uh, inner satisfaction it gives me an inner satisfaction that i am contributing to being a, a better human and i'm contributing to to the world you know i'm contributing to the universe to to you know to support and help another man another human being how beautiful is that? See, I think that's that's where many of us have got this this uh, this destiny in us that we are healers, that we are that we want to help others. And I think you need to be uh, cut from a certain wood to do that. And uh, I I commend you and welcome you to the family of healers here, uh, because we are all there. And and that's the reason that that we are spending the time here that we are creating that uh podcast that we're that we're out there helping others and often enough we have been there like you exactly. i have i have suffered depression and it is amazing i didn't recognize it for what it was and maybe we should we should talk about the differences that uh, depression or that the chameleon of depression because it can come in any kind of shape and color and and it can disguise itself so beautifully it is uh, a true master of deception depression is how was depression I, I, for you i truly I, I completely understand where you're coming from and you know what's the funny part is um I, i'll tell you a little story uh, recently just just I think a couple of days ago, one of the uh, one of the Bollywood actors committed suicide, and he was only thirty four. I saw and that. He was, yeah. yeah, and I think it's all over social media news now. But the funny part was when I was discussing, and and it, it kind of shook me. I wasn't even a fan of that guy, but it kind of like shook me, and I felt I felt so 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 sad that a guy who was two years younger than me, who had pretty much everything what one can you know dream of and he has he was only going through depression for like past six seven months but the, the most interesting part for me was when i was discussing uh what has happened to him with with my colleagues or other men they turned around to me and said but why why did he committed suicide when he was why he had even depression he had money he had fame he had 
you know, he had everything he wanted for. And I, that answer just amazed me because this is the stigma behind depression that, you know, it, and as you said, it comes in so many colors and so many shapes and so many forms Mm -hmm. that people think that depression only comes in when when you, when you're not, when, when you are unhappy in a relationship or when you are, you know, uh, when you are, when you are, you know, you are not rich or when you don't have a luxury lifestyle. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, people need to recognize that depression has nothing to do with all those factors. It can contribute. Yes, it can contribute. You, You can be the richest of the rich. You can be in a perfect relationship, yet you can still suffer from depression. And that, that conversation, and I thought I, I have to mention it because both of those um, questions or objections were raised by men. And it, it quite amazed me that how lack of uh, information is out there for men when it comes to depression and when it comes to mental health. Um, and And for me, depression was... Depression was very different. I mean, I just thought I'm just lonely and sad. And, you know, I, I, I was eating too much. I, had, I was sleeping too much. And, and I thought, you know, it's just me being lazy. And that was one of my symptoms, you know. And, mm. and, I, and I, just, I just completely ignored it for a few months. I was, I was constantly sad, but then I was trying to fake it. And, and I know people normally say, fake it until you make it. And I hate this term. I just completely don't agree with this term. Um, you know, so it was just like I was faking it and I was hoping to make it, but obviously that didn't help at all. And yeah, so that, that's how depression was for me. You know, uh, uh, eventually it was constant sadness. It was constant. Uh, and then it just grew into, you know, having a very low, low self-esteem, low self-confidence and it got into you know where I was and it it got developed into very low self-worth and 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 at that time I thought you know it's not helping me it's not helping me with my relationship it's not helping me with my career it's not helping me physically you know I was overweight I was uh, you know and then obviously being overweight you know the, the thing is when you have mental health it automatically impact your physical health. And it was impacting me, my physical health. So I thought, you know what, let me just, just go and get a checkup done. Mm. And, and I went to the doctors, they had like two sessions with the doctor and said the, th- the third session, he said, you know what, you're going through depression and here's your antidepressants. And, um, and I was like, you can't be, you can't be serious. It's just not going to happen to me. And you'd be like, no, this is your antidepressant. See how you feel after three months. If you, if you feel worse or not improve it, then we'll, we'll refer you to a therapy. And I was like, wow. And that, that was a wild moment in my life. That, that was a wild moment in my life where I thought, okay, now this, is, this is serious. I need to do something about it. No, so true. So true. As I've uh, written a book, My Steps to Sobriety, and in there I go, uh, I've got a, a, quite a long chapter, several chapters on depression and, and its subforms, and I sort of talk a little bit through what would happen if you, as, as someone who has the symptoms of whatever they are, go to the GP and, and have a good chat with this person. And I think now is a good time as any to to remind the people out there that that depression is such a common thing. I mean, the lifetime chance that you develop a bout of depression is one in three. 
And depending upon what other things happen in your life, they, that risk might be higher. The girls are a little bit more likely to have it, the depression, but then the boys have got a pretty good chance as well, unfortunately. And it is, it's quite important. It is something that is out there. So you're so right to highlight that. And it, come in, it can come in all kinds of forms. You described the, the sadness, you described the, the overeating. Um, for me, it was far more anger, anger, resentment, and a, a fatalistic, I don't give a damn attitude, a kind of passive aggressive. And it was awful, absolutely awful. But it had with hindsight all the hallmarks um of it the poor sleep at night the 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 yeah the, the overeating i had the same there uh, and the the feeling of guilt of shame of of being down selfless a self without a self what do i want to say hopeless uh and and feeling really down about yourself so very much, but anger was for me the, the most most pressing thing. Everything I had a hair trigger, and I was certainly mm. not a nice guy to be around. I, I completely relate. To, I completely relate to that. I had uh, anger issues, but that was secondary, and that only impacted my personal relationship. Mm. And that's something I'm not um, proud of uh, now looking back and reflecting back to, to my past. But I, you know, it's quite unfortunate uh, it's in some part of the world where anger is considered as a, uh, a male trait. So being angry was like how emotions, if, if a girl is emotional, I think somewhere in some part of the world, it's considered as a normal because, oh, she's a girl, she's tend to be emotional. Mm. And being angry or anger it's considered to be okay it's, it is he's a guy he, he he's angry so what mm. and i didn't even recognize that the anger had such a big impact on my on my relationship mm. but then i was i was not even thinking about uh, you know anger or resentment as 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 a sign of depression i was just taking it as oh this is this is me this is how i am mm. um so you know i i can completely relate to you i i, I can totally relate to you mm. Suhaib, what is your cultural origin? Where did you originally come from? So originally I'm from Pakistan. Pakistan. And I was, yeah, I was born and brought up in Kuwait. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so you, you were exposed to uh, other cultures, yet the Kuwaiti culture is, is again, very male-dominant and very, very, um, uh, I don't want to say chauvinistic, but it is uh, the, the man is the man and the woman has exactly. her place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and now in the UK, see, it's 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 funny. Whilst we stereotype uh, Pakistani men and Indian men and Kuwaiti men, uh, at the same token, the stiff English upper lip is exactly the same thing. Just just uh, maybe less aggression, but certainly a big mask on the face, and and we don't let anything out. We hide it all inside. And I, then, you know, I it completely, is. Yeah, exa it's exactly the same thing. I mean, obviously, there are few obvious things if you go back in Kuwait or Pakistan. I think they are more 
vocal about these things. They are more vocal. Yes, so I am a man. I have a right to be angry. Whereas mm. in the UK, it's it's all hidden behind the doors, or they they try to hide their anger behind the you know as I said to, you know to fake it. You know you put up a, you put up a facade. You put up a facade. I I I, I said this to someone that you know men are very good actors. We we are very good at faking it when it comes to you know to show up our emotions and and. Unfortunately, you know, if I compare, this is personally my my observation and generalization. So if I go back and if I compare the the men of of uh, let's say Western East now or Western, you know, Western men try to um, to instead of showing anger and resentment, they 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 go on illegal substance or alcohol or drugs to <laughs> to cope up, yeah. whereas different part of the world men are trying to cope up with with anger you know it's just a coping mechanism and it's the easiest you know mechanism whatever is available for men and so i think the problem we have as, as men of any part of the world is it's it's how how we cope up with that particular emotion and there's a lot of factors involved when it comes to um, for a man to truly show, show his emotions. Uh, obviously, your culture, your religion, your society, your background, the, the environment you live in, they, they play a very, very important factor. But I think in Western world, I have seen and I have observed that people tend to be more, you know, they, they rely and they get help from alcohol or substances or drugs to to cope up where in other part of the world anger is an easy way out i mean we've got for this show here for for this podcast we have got uh, listeners from all over the world and it might be interesting to put some statistics there uh for example if you look at the age group uh, 16 to 24 years old and go for the last 10 15 years uh those uh, in that age group, about 10% uh, admit to having taken a class A drug uh, within the last year. And you're talking heroin, you're talking uh, hardcore drugs. Uh, so that mm -hmm. is one in 10 that is taking it. At one stage, I read that Brighton uh, has got an incidence of IV drug users of 2%. So 50, one in 50 is shooting wow. up. And this is this is just crazy, crazy. But you're quite right. I lived in the UK from uh, 94 to 96, and then again in the early 2000s. And what struck me was the discrepancy between day and night. During daytime, when the sun is out, people are one way. And then in the evening, the alcohol comes out, and suddenly... Yeah. It is like like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It is uh, it's an absolute brutal transformation that then ends up in fights, in violence, in in ah, uh, an up social upheaval that was not known to me uh, before I arrived in in the UK. So the UK might be uh, quite in uh, quite a subset of people. Um, not now labeling, but it's just that was my impression, certainly in those two time periods when I was there. Mm -hmm. Has it changed and, much? And, and well, with the lockdown, yes, it has. It has changed 
uh, obviously people have no access to alcohol at the moment and they're all like indoors but no i mean uh, of my observation you are absolutely right i mean uh, again i'm not labeling or generalizing it's but that's the way i have seen you know you meet some people during the day and when they go out and alcohol is like completely different character so you know when you go out when you meet people socially it's they are different characters when you meet them on let's per se on a professional level and it's mm. it's and as i said before it's it's very easy for men to put up a facade to 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 be something else while at work let's say and to be you know something else while they are you know socializing now one of one of the figures i i have seen is that men are three times more likely to uh, to become alcohol dependent mm. as compared to women and it's it's very unfortunate figure mm. because um, and again this this figure is based on on uk data and it's very unfortunate that alcohol can and does play a very unfortunate part when it comes to mental health uh, mm. because again people take it as a you know it's it's a it's a pain numbing uh, medicine and you know i can forget my worries and my emotions when i am under the influence of alcohol so it's it, it's very common it's very common and and again without labeling any country or culture or religion men can do and take whatever is available for them to to not to appear or to, you know not to to cope up with with their mental health so true so true what is your religious background uh, suhaid i'm muslim muslim okay um is it and what's well in 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 the uh, islam it is normally not accepted that you do drink yet uh, I can imagine very much that rules are being bent uh, amongst not such strong believers. Is that fair to say? I mean, yes, yes, and and no. And I think it's again down to individual. So if you say if uh, like how if alcohol is available mm -hmm. openly in 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 any muslim country i would say no but then does people have access to alcohol and i can, I can say yes mm. and it go, goes down to the individual um on, absolutely on the absolutely. Choice, a choice of, of consuming alcohol but um i mean yeah i mean i i yes and no is the answer to your question oh absolutely now i'm i certainly have explored that with another uh guest on my show um who is sikh and in the Sikh culture, again, uh, alcohol is, is really not accepted. It's more or less taboo. You do not get drunk because that puts a very bad, uh, bad uh, picture onto your family. You do absolutely everything to keep the family reputation intact. Yet, 25% mm -hmm. of Sikh in the UK are drinking quite a lot. Thank you very much. So you have not only the men being men and don't open up for that, but you've got also the cultural taboo of uh, not wanting to admit that you are actually uh, consuming something that is not so much accepted in your own culture. Exactly. And I think culture can play a very important factor uh, when it comes to men and mental health. Like, for example, in my case, one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest, uh, factor for me was 
you know, I didn't want it to come across weak. And if I disclose that, oh, I have a, a depression or a mental condition, people will think that I'm a weak man. Mm. And deep inside me, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to be accepted as that. And it's such a, such a conundrum, isn't it? It's actually an oxymoron because a man who has got the guts and the balls to admit that he is not okay, that is a real man. A man who is hiding like a thief in the night. Well, mm -hmm. that's not really a man in my books. It is more a caricature of a man. Uh, a, a mask that this man is trying to, to show us. It is uh, the, the people that are hiding their drinking. Uh, they mm -hmm. are uh, many, many steps behind those that have admitted that they had a problem, dealt with the underlying reasons that led them to drink, often enough depression and then exactly. restarted their life and, and created a new life that was just so beautiful that, that they could have never, never imagined that. So therefore, it is, I think, this message we need to bring out to, to every man out there in the world, uh, man up. And man up means that you actually admit that you are not that perfect hulk of a, uh, of a statue of marble, of strength. No, you have got some cracks, man. Like it or lump it. And, exactly. And, you know, and it's, it's, very, it's, very, it's very unfortunate. I think with, with men especially, there is a lot of factors from the society. You know, men... And women are traditionally being, you know, they've been assumed to behave in a certain way, um, whether it's in in terms of mental health or whether it's come living in a daily day-to-day -day basis. And how a man should behave or how <clears throat> masculinity looks like or how a man should portray himself in front of his family or, you know, or in front of uh, his you know, how he's supposed to be. And then you have, and then you're going around and telling men that, oh, you need to accept your flaws and you need to, you need to tell, you need to accept that you need help. It, it contradicts. And it's very few men who can understand the difference because, you know, I am, I'm a guy, you know, I, I am born with this masculinity immersing out of me. And I'm, I'm, I am, you know, I've got a, such a high, um what do you say how I, I position in a society and i can't be telling people that i'm weak or i have a mental condition and it's it's very unfortunate that society plays such an important part in in uh in the mindset of, of men especially you know uh, because that's how they determine how they're going to behave in society or how they can open up about their their emotions or their mental conditions so true, so true. I mean, it's some, some professions have made a bit of a breakthrough in that. Certainly amongst doctors, the amount of burnout and depression and unfortunately uh, suicide and drug addiction is, is quite enormous. So there are, in my college of anesthetists here in Australasia, we certainly have got a strong welfare um, of anesthetists special interest group 
that is out there and is very active to say, look, guys, it is just a matter of time until you break. And, you know, these are the, the things that you can do to prevent yourself. But sooner or later, something will happen. And and then we have got now, now quite, quite a lot of good systems in place to protect us from mm-hmm. this kind of charade of having to be the perfect doctor, the perfect nurse, the perfect this, perfect that. It is, it is nowadays, 2020, uh, it has become normal for me in theater to say, hey guys, uh, today is not my best day. I didn't sleep well. I'm probably 90%, maybe 85%. So guys, just keep an eye on me. And my nurses and my, my team is doing exactly the same other way around. Uh, you know, they come to me and say, look, my kid kept me up last night screaming. So I had four hours sleep. I'm, I'm a bit jaded. And that is so cool to admit, to have the power to the freedom within a team to admit that. But it took a lot of, a lot of work. It took a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, daily leading by example so that this culture has been now accepted. Certainly when I am in theater, uh, people accept that. And it is, they know my background. They know my, my history of addiction. I've certainly not, not concealed that. And I'm there for others to, to mm-hmm. explain. And, but I, I try to walk the walk. I try to lead by example, show integrity, show humility, show those things that really, in my eyes, make a man. Exactly. And, and, I, and, I, and I think what you said, it's such a beautiful and such a great idea that if we start implementing this in all, not only in, in, in medical industry, but in all the other industry, um, yeah. because I believe every job and every worker has their own, you know, struggles in that particular uh, work role. And if we implement this, and this is, I think it is such a nice and simple technique that you can implement at your workplace. Mm. Um, if you can't do it in your workplace, do it within your friend circle. If you don't have it in your friend circle, do it, do it within your, you know, your society or you know, your, where you live or mm. within, within a close circle if you can't implement it on a bigger. And I think in a simpler word, all we have to do is, is break the stigma around mental health and around men's mental health health and around men opening up and men being vulnerable and I think I feel more powerful personally when I go and I share my stories and when I when a person goes to me oh you know what I have I have gone through the same and this 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 is what happened mm-hmm. and I think the the more you open up the more it helps others as well because they can see your vulnerabilities they can see that how broken you were and how stronger you have you know you have become and i love that idea i i absolutely love that idea what you have implemented um, at your workplace and the same see i was a very a very manly man and i would have been not very happy to show my my real emotions apart from anger in the past Yet Mm -hmm. I've got two sons and they, I have handed them my alcoholic genes and maybe 
uh, certainly their mommy and their daddy had a bout of depression too. So it is just mm-hmm. a matter of, of chances and the chances are stacked against them. Uh, so they have got a predisposition probably for mental health problems and addiction. But I think what I have achieved by now living the life that I want to live, I have shown them in real life how men behave and that men actually talk and that men actually listen and that men actually explore mm-hmm. their problems. And this is such a beautiful thing. When, when my youngest was 13 or 14, he was quite a bit in trouble at school, a bit of bullying there. And, and he took himself off to see the, the school nurse who was also a counselor and completely by himself. Uh, we only mm-hmm. heard from that in, with hindsight. But he had seen the progress I had made by seeking help in rehab and then working my recovery. And he took that to heart without probably even realizing what was happening. But he saw the real life lesson played out in front of him. And Mm -hmm. he was able to follow suit and seek the help that he needed. And this was such a humbling experience. And for all the men out there who are listening, guys, it is... It is one thing to say something and demand respect because you're in the position of the breadwinner or whatever the the cliche is and what your actions are. And it is, I think we need to lead far more with our actions and need to reflect what each and every step we take, each and every decision we make, what that really shows to the immediate people around us, our sons, our daughters, our wives, um, or indeed in in a wider sense, the the people that we touch with our journey. I think there's uh, there's a lot that we can do by just living in the right way and, and just behaving in such a way like you want to be treated by others. And we sometimes forget that. No, exactly. And I, and, I, and I completely agree what you said. It's, you know, when it comes to parenting and I'm a father of two myself and, you know, if I compare me as a person now and me as a person six, seven years ago, they are, I'm two, I'm a very different person, you know, and your, your kids like, like how we as a kid picked up uh, from our parents and from our from our siblings, it is exactly the same thing. Your kids, even though you're not teaching them directly, they pick up things uh, consciously, some consciously from you. And if 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 that's the person you want your kids to be, then it's fine. If if you want, for example, I don't want my kids to be like me, then I have to take actions and I have to take certain actions now. You know, it's now or never. You know, I, I if I don't want a bad trait of me to be passed on to my kids i need to change that bad trait first before i can force upon on my kids mm. and you know as we grow we as 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 a human when we are growing up we are growing up according to the reality of others we are growing up how our parents are want us to believe and there's a lot of belief system there's a lot of work required to change your belief system you know if i'm growing up 
with a with a with a fixed mindset that oh uh, whether it's my belief system around happiness or around relationship or around um, money that's going to that's going to pass on to my kids as well because that's how i have 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 grown up so it's very crucial you know if your your kids look at you um if you're fortunate enough to have uh, you know both the parents if if you are a single parent your kids are looking each and everything and they're observing and they're learning on a very constant basis and and it starts from a very very young age so if they if my kid now see me being uh, a man man of the family the bread the breadwinner but at the same time i'm also fragile i'm also emotional i'm also opening up and discussing my my issues they will automatically do that as well mm. and how beautiful is that that is ah oh, man ah oh, it makes me it makes me humble really really humble to to see where i have been and where i've come to now instead of pride or something like that it it's kind of a pride but it's far more humility and far more i'm grateful that i've made this journey and that i've become the man i'm now and that therefore i have prevented my sons becoming that person that i was I think this would have been an awful thing for me to see, to to see them growing into what I was. This would have been brutal. I can imagine. <laughs> I can I I can imagine. You know, it was it was quite funny. Um, I was reading on a Facebook. I'm on a, one of these uh, dads group, and there was a post like, "Would you allow your daughter to be in a relationship with a person like you?" <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and, you know, and and it, it's actually very. If you if you if you think of the question, it's a very, it's a very intelligent question. Mm. And it was quite inspiring to see the answers to that question. Like, how many people actually want their kids to be in a relationship with a person like who you are, and you know it, it was it was it was a very thought provoking question for me and, and you know it triggered me you know uh, you know it comes to going back reflecting back on yourself like okay how good of a person i am or how bad of a person i am so i i i totally understand where where you're coming from and, <laughs> and you know i when i see myself six seven years ago and when i see myself now i i think i am a more or anything i'm a better human being than anything and mm. i think that's what really 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 matters you know if you are your know, whatever relationship man female man women mm. you are a dad or whatever you are at the end of the day the first thing you are you are a human being and that's that's what you need to be you need to be a better human than anything before mm. indeed indeed right you were saying earlier uh, you were discussing the uh, the shock when you're uh, GP held a mirror in front of your face and said, here, uh, I recommend you to take some medication. Was the shock related to the fact that you were labeled, so to speak, as depressed? Or was the shock related to the fact that you had to take some medication? 
No, uh, the, the the first part. It was the first reason. I, yeah. I was not. I was in a shock that oh, I am going to be labeled as this depressed person. I'm going to be labeled as this. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm going to be labeled. It was more of a, a fear uh, yeah. of of, of uh, than anything else. Mm. No, it's a good point. Uh, the what I want to say, just for the for the sake of the the listeners here, I think medications uh, can very much be part and parcel of the initial management of of the really bad depressions. There are there is a wide spectrum of depression from relatively mild, sad blues to actually life threatening uh, changes within you. So I think let's, it's quite important that, that at some stage, at, at the start, ideally, that a GP uh, or a family physician is involved to just check you out. Because sometimes mm -hmm. there can be good reasons why you are sad. If your thyroid gland is not working so well, then that gives you a lot of signs and symptoms of depression. And there are other uh, biological reasons why you might actually be depressed. Yet, if you treat the underlying reason, then all the symptoms go away. Now, that's, that happens probably in, I don't know, one in 20 or so cases of depression, maybe less, one in 30. Uh, um, but it is still, it's, it's silly to go onto a, a journey of medications and of, of hard work to change your life when in fact something medically is actually wrong with you. So I think that's, that's the first thing I want to say. So go out there. If you, have got, if you have got a problem, actually talk to your GP and he will give you a once over, have a look underneath the hood and figure out if, if there's a problem. And if not, then it's time to explore and it's time to, to move down the road that probably you and I have been on. And that road is, is beautiful. I, uh, that's the other thing I want to say is with hindsight, virtually everyone is amazed how much they have grown. And they would have not grown had they not gone onto that journey. So therefore, whilst you are finding yourself now in a situation that is scary and not something that you wanted to be in, it is what it is. And it, if you play your cards right, then you're heading towards a new life that is just simply fantastic. But you need to help. You need, you need someone to guide you. So, Suhai, if, if a man, if, if, if a friend of you comes to you one day and says, look, I've kept it hidden for so long, but I'm actually really down and out and I feel terrible deep inside. What, is, what would your approach be? How would, what would you do? And it's, I was just thinking, it's, it's quite funny that quite recently, a uh, few people approached me, um, you know, when they start, uh, you know, when I start telling them about what I'm doing and then start listening to the different podcasts and stuff. So no, a few, few people did approach me um, and, and asked me for, you know, what should I do? Um, but because I am also completing my CBT uh, certificate and I'm also an NLP practitioner, mm. uh, I can obviously ask them the questions and I can obviously coach them and, you know, 
I, I, for the, like just like the initial stage to see if they are medically, uh, if they need a medical help or if I can help them. But I, firstly, I think this is the message for every person, regardless of your gender. If you think that there is point zero 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 one percent of chances or you are, you are having a kind of um, uh, condition or symptoms, please go and speak and talk. It doesn't have to be your physician. It doesn't have to be your doctor because it took me a while uh, personally to go and seek a medical help because I wasn't open to it. I wasn't ready for it. Mm. It took me, uh, you know, I was constant denial and I was constantly trying to avoid to go and see a GP. But you, you need to go and open up. You need to go and speak to someone. You need to go and talk to someone. So if a friend come and approach me, uh, I would obviously handle it. I would actually thank him for, for coming and talk to me. That would be my first thing. It's like, <laughs> I do exactly the same. Not, yeah, you know, exactly. not, not choosing me, not choosing me particularly, but choosing someone to, to open up and to talk. That, yeah. that, that's, that's my first uh, approach. And obviously I will, I will, I will listen to that person. It's really important that you don't judge that person, whoever's come to you. Um, you don't judge, you don't make an opi opinion about that person. And, and I think, you know what you said that once you got on a journey and when you reflect back, it's very liberating. For me, it was a very, very liberating feeling. Uh, it was very empowering for me to understand my flaws and understand my vulnerabilities and understand my, my weaknesses. So I, it depends on, on the person who I'm with. You know, the least I could do is I could be a good listener. And I, I would, you know, listen to that person, whatever that person has to say, without uh, being judgmental or having my opinion or what's right or what's wrong. And if, if, if I believe that person needs, it's beyond my expertise or it's beyond my comprehension, then obviously I would, I would advise him uh, either to seek medical help or to see a different person or see a therapist. Mm. But it's very crucial that whoever's coming to you if you can't be uh, a good ear, then there's 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 no point. You have to be. You have to have a good ear listening for for whoever's coming to you. Very true. Very true. And I do understand that you are indeed working with men. And I mean, where is what is your vision? What would you like to achieve? What are you building up to? What is your direction? So my ultimate goal, plan, vision is to set up a men's charity, uh, which covers different aspects of mental health, which act, covers different aspects of uh, issues that men faces these days. I would love to help as many men, as many fathers as, as possible. Um, you know, and and really, I want to break this this stigma. I want to break this um, the whole cultural societal thing that men has to man up or mm -hmm. the man has to be of this certain. You know, yeah. we are not gods. You know, we are not gods. We are we are human. We are born with imperfections, and I think it's more manly for a man to accept his imperfections and to improve improve those imperfections and i think 
every man needs to understand that. Uh, it's quite funny. I, I wrote an article and I posted on a, a men's group. And I've said this before as well, that the amount of criticism I received from men, it was unbelievable. And it's, it's a lot of, <laughs> really, it's a lot of, yeah, yeah, it was quite surprising, but it was, it was, it was quite, it was quite funny to read. Um, I think there's a lot of education that, uh, education that is required to educate men. And I think my, my vision for my charity is, is to educate men to be, to be a better human, to be a better person, to be a better man, to be a better father, mm. uh, brother, friend or whatever the relationship. So that's my ultimate vision to, to, to set up this, this charity. Um, you know, uh, there was a, there was a client of mine who came to me uh, a few months ago and he wanted some uh, legal help. Uh, he wasn't, uh, he was, I, I normally call it survivor. He was a survivor of a domestic abuse. Now, again, that's a very taboo subject that no man wants to talk about. Mm. Uh, again, stigma fear labeling uh, around it so this, this person i was i was coaching him and as i was trying to help him and he wanted some legal advice on on domestic violence and obviously i'm not the expert there and i actually struggled to find a, a men's charity which 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 covers that aspect of um uh of of you know how um, men can help get help in that aspect hmm. so and you know that kind of like it, it opened my eyes in certain so many ways that you know there's there's so much work that can be done uh, in this particular field in this particular area and i want to break that stigma i want to break the taboo and you know i want to hmm. make um a better life for men because you know i, I want men to be better version of themselves and that that's what my whole whole vision is <laughs> amen uh yes 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 i mean there was there was recently a, a social experiment in which a, a female and a male actor were asked in public to attack each other and they had exactly the same script and just role reversed so in one setting, the girl was uh, shouting at her partner and was beating him up, literally beating him up. And the hidden cameras around it basically looked at the, uh, the, the, uh, the reactions of the people that watched. And it was sort of, yeah, go girl, you show him. Yeah, give that swine what he deserves. And then they roll reversed and went to another place and did exactly the same sentences, exactly the same thing, other way around. Uh, this time he beat her with the same force, the same, the same, just exactly the same thing. And you should have seen the uproar. How dare he? Yeah, and so on and so on. So it's very different, uh, different, different, what should I say? It's very different how we approach exactly the same thing and which man does admit that he is being beaten at home that he's cuckolded whatever whatever you call it it is it is not not something that any man will admit and, and, and I, I, I think i i personally think i think it it's far more worse than men accepting to mental illness or depression than accepting 
that I'm, I'm beaten up by women at home. Mm. And, and there is very some, unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. I don't know the statistics, but they would probably be quite harrowing. And it is, uh, please, there is very much the Me Too uh, movement out there, but it's lovely to he actually hear that there are voices like yours out there who are specifically looking out for men without the cliches, without the, the stupid masks, without the perceptions. They're actually looking what is really going on and working with what we truly see as what is happening. And every circumstance will be different. As you said earlier on, yes, you just have to, you, you can't judge. You need to take each and every case by its own uh, virtues. Whatever is happening is happening. That doesn't mean to say that these men don't need help. They need the help, all the help they can get. Now, that's brilliant. Exactly. If someone wants to get hold of you and wants to work with you specifically, uh, is there a way? Yes, of course. Um, I, well, obviously, I, I prefer to do face-to-face -face and one-on-one. -on -one. Um, mm. I'm a very... I'm a very human when it comes to, you know, when it comes to that, I like to, I look at, I like to look at people. I like to, you know, look at their reactions. So uh, obviously with the current situation, face to face is not going to happen. Um, but no, you can reach me on my Facebook page. You can reach me on my Instagram, which is I am Zuhab Khan. Uh, my Facebook page is Zuhab Khan. Um, my coaching page is mindset and behavior coach SAC. And I can do zoom calls and you know however if it's a uk then obviously i hope after lockdown i can meet some lovely human beings after lockdown face to face mm. oh beautiful and i'm going to put some links to all of these uh social media platforms uh of yours down into the description of the podcast so it will be easy for people to just look down and click on the relevant buttons no, I'm so pleased, Suhaib. I mean, this was a fantastic interview. I am so grateful to hear what you're doing. And I so wish you, wish you all the energy and all the power of the universe uh, to drive you to success in your charity. It is something so that, that very much needs to be out there. So good luck with that. And I'm so, so grateful uh, that you came onto my show tonight. Uh, this was uh, actually a very eye-opening experience for me because I had to reflect quite a few of my own experiences here. So it is... As always, when we when we try to teach others, we learn a lot about ourselves. So here you go. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really privileged to to talk about a topic which is very close to my heart. Hmm. So thank you for giving me that opportunity, and you know, I only I know that I'm going to make a bigger impact in in human life, and it's just you know one of my first steps towards my goal, and you know, and it's just. I just need people to understand that, you know, we are in this together and I think it's only, we can only help ourselves. So no, thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Suhaib, I wish you all the best, my man. Okay. Take care. Look after yourself. Thanks. And the same to you all out there, all the listeners out there. 
make tonight, make today, make a little decision that makes your own life a little bit better and the lives that you're touching around yourselves. And tomorrow, same thing again and again. Make this a better world. We can do it, guys. We can do it. Look after yourself. Bye.